When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited because today I am going to be speaking with Frank Shankwitz, and I want to tell you all about Frank. If you don't know the name, I know you know Make-A-Wish Foundation, and it will all come together. So let me honor Frank by telling you about him. He is the creator and co-founder, president and CEO of Make-A-Wish Foundation. He was in the Air Force. So thank you for your service. I wasn't aware of that until I looked at your bio. Thank you so much for your service. He was part of the Arizona Highway Patrol for 42 years and then became a homicide detective. So I'm sure there's some stories there for us as well. Oh my gosh, it just goes on and on. Two presidents have recognized you as a ser- with a service award, making a difference, and, and you also got an award, making a difference in the world award from the U.S. military at West Point. You have two honorary doctorates, doctorates, one in public service and the other in law. You have been in Forbes magazine as one of the top keynote speakers in the in the country or in the world, I guess. Right? You have your own star in Las Vegas. You have your own star in Arizona. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I just hope I can grow up one day to be like you. <laughs> but Frank, and I don't want to bore everybody with everything, but gosh, you have so much. And we'll put his bio in, in the uh, show notes so that you can all see that it is absolutely amazing what this man has done. So I want to start off, Frank, but again, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I appreciate the invite. I really do. Well, thank you. And, you know, as a charter founding guest, this is what makes it so powerful is that several years from now, we'll look back on this and say, wow, isn't that awesome? So I want to start off with a question that, you know, and I think the biggest thing I need to say to make sure everybody understands is that based on your life, a movie was released a couple of years ago, and I was fortunate enough to be at the second premiere, which was in your hometown or (laughs) at least in your home state with you, you know, and that's called Wishman. And it's a portrayal about your entire life. And so people sure, will be, promote a little oh, bit. Yes. Yeah. And you know, oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Definitely needs to be there. And of course you have a book of the same name. And so that's going to tell a lot about your story. But what I really want to know is maybe something directly from you and something that's not based on your life, but that is your life. So thinking back on your life, right? Thinking back on your life, Talk to us about or share with us about a time that was interesting or challenging that really formed who you are today. Well, I, I think the most thing is, and just very briefly, uh, my life, I was born in Chicago, two years old. My mother divorced my father, left. I never had any idea where she went during those years. From two to five, very happy times with my father. 
my grandparents, aunt, uncles, cousins. At five years old, on a kindergarten playground, a lady grabbed me, had no idea who she was. She said, I'm your mother. You're going with me, kicking and screaming and drug off this playground. For the next five years, it was very challenging. She went to Michigan, northern Michigan. And in several times, we lived in a tent, lived in a car, lived in flop houses during the winter. I mean, just the whole thing was survival. And I was right. always on my own. She would go to work at night. She'd go wherever she'd go. I was just on my own. Hunger, food, like I say, survival. But I learned during that time how to start taking care of myself. At 10 years old, my father found us and, in fact, went into town to get the local sheriff to have her arrested. And during that time, she threw everything we had in the car and went to Arizona, where she originally wanted to go anyhow. And at 10 years old, started a whole new chapter in my life. We ended up in a little town called Seligman, Arizona. In fact, outside of town, completely ran out of gas money. At first time I'd ever seen her cry, a rancher stopped by. What's wrong? She told him the story. He said, I'll get you some gas, follow me. And for the next six months, we actually lived in his ranch house, but a very small ranch house. We had to sleep on the kitchen floor at night. But this was the first time we were in a town. This little town was like 500 people, predominantly Mexican Indian, a railroad town, a ranching town. And I got a job at 10 years old washing dishes full time. My mother worked as a motel maid. But I was watching a gentleman across the street, a Mexican gentleman, building something, went over and said, what are you doing? He said, what's your name? I said, Frank. He said, from now on, you're Pancho, meaning Frank in Spanish, and grab a hammer, kid. Now, I had never had a father figure during this right. time. Right. I, I said, I said, I, I don't know what to do. What do you mean, grab a hammer? <laughs> and so I'm going to teach you. And this one became my father figure. In fact, we would highlight him in the movie. Right. Which started for the next several years, this mentorship, this man developed in my character, my integrity. I always like to say those three traits are not inherited. They're developed. Yeah. yeah. But it was a big, important change in my life. And through the next few years, introduced me to music, sports, something I never got involved with. Actually, a school where I was all of a sudden could go through grade school up to eighth grade. And that, that was a big difference in my life. And then the biggest thing was, and he always taught me during that time, Frank, when you can give back. Now, this is in the 50s, and it's a popular term today. But what do you right. mean, Juan? Give back to the poor people are helping us. Right. And he said, right. exactly, for an example, look at the widow, Mrs. Sanchez. She's always trying to bring you, mom, you and your mom, beans and tortillas to help you out. Right. But look at her yard. It's full of weeds. It's a mess. Look at her front porch. You know how to take care of that. You can give back. You don't have to have money to give back. You can give back your time, which is a lesson that stuck with me my whole life, even to today. And then when I started seventh grade, my mother said, I can't afford you anymore and left. You're on your own. And I went to one. What am I going to do? And this was a big, big lesson he taught me. And then again, this is in the 50s. Learn how to turn those negatives into positive. What do you mean, Juan? I'm, I'm homeless all of a sudden. He said, I know what's happening. And I've arranged for the widow Sanchez that you're going to stay with her. You're going to pay her $20 a week room and board. And the big thing is a positive. You make $26 a week. Every money I ever made went to my mother. For the first time in your life, you're going to have $6 a week on your own. Well, that's a lot of money to a kid in seventh grade during that. Absolutely. Yeah. But for the first time in your life, you're going to have your own room. You're going to have indoor plumbing. She's the best cook in town. All, and that was a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> All those negatives are positive. 
And the other big thing was she got the first television set in Sligman, Arizona. So that's a big problem. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah, for you, you were saying, yeah, oh my but gosh. Again, yeah. But again, this mentorship teaching me these things. Again, I've used this my whole life. When people say you can't do something, it won't work. Figure out that negative to turn it to positive. Yeah, I love that. And you know, and it's so, it makes such an impression when you're a young child, regardless of what someone's saying to you. If people are, you know, in my personal life, I had a lot of negative given to me as a small child and that formed me, right? Versus having that positive. Where do you think that that Juan learned that? Well, again, from the Mexican heritage, I mean, yeah. he and his whole family were extreme hard work workers. And that work, and that's the other thing he taught me is the work ethic. Ethic. Mm-hmm. And always be the best. It almost sounds like an army commercial. Be the best you can be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and always be the cleanest. Always be the neatest, even though we were extremely poor. Always stand up straight. We could go to the Santa Fe locker rooms and wash our clothes while we showered. He taught us that. So we always had clean clothes. I mean, just things like that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I've been around you several times, you know, I, and I know that of you, you're a very proud man. You're a very, very proud man, but you also have the biggest heart. It's amazing how big your heart is. So where do you think that, you know, obviously he taught you a lot of things to really make you a man, right? Turn you into a man and one who respects women and all of those wonderful things. But what really was the catalyst do you think that that moved you into the servant heart that you have? I think again going into high school. Now I moved from this little town Sligman, in fact, to Prescott, Arizona, where I live now. In fact, my mother contacted me, said, I need help. I can't afford. You need to come here work full time. But again, in high school, all of a sudden the coaches saw something, my teachers saw something, especially for football. The coaches saw something and would practice with me after actual practice just right. to help develop the skills. My teachers, I wasn't quite up to par in mathematics, go from the uh, grade school into high school. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they wanted to put them back to eighth grade. My football coach, who was also a math teacher in school, said, we're not going to let that happen and tutored me all summer. Wow. I took the test before the school year and again, passed to do that. But that was my whole, my employers during high school. And then the same thing going into the Air Force. The instructor saw something, the saw something special and helped me develop. I was so honored. I got stationed in England for several years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and this is, during, yeah, this is during the uh, Vietnam era, but all our bombers were sent to England. But I was chosen because of these people that helped me as the base, to be part of the base honor guard. That was only a three-man team out of all these things. And the biggest thing for me, Jen, was I studied World War II history both the European and Pacific theater was a big fan of Winston Churchill. Oh my and goodness. I was so honored to be selected when unfortunately yeah. uh, Winston Churchill passed away. I was on his honor guard. In fact, the final leg of the honor guard. And I just want to, and again, because these people saw something special, but because of that, I always tried again to be the best I could be to pay back to these people. Yeah. I mean, you definitely continue to do that. When you look back on your life now, you know, and you look at all the breakthroughs that you had, because you definitely had a lot of breakthroughs, right? What are you most proud of? Well, I, I think obviously to creating and starting to make a wish foundation. It's the legacy. I, I never look for legacy. I never look for rewards or any recognition. It's all about the kids. But I, I do have to look back. I get so many contacts, especially of this movie right now. Yeah. Um, usually, and I'm not boasting. 
20 to 30 personal messages every day from all over the world that people being impacted by this movie, but messages from either wish families or especially Rua to me, wish children that yeah. have impacted this. And we started this 40 years ago. Yeah. I know, and so many people have, you know, and I know, well, gosh, when we were at the premiere, even one of the people that was with us at our retreat at the Airbnb, his daughter was a wish child and now is a nurse at that same hospital. Yes, in St. Joseph's, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know you must be very proud of that. I, I wanted to ask you this. Did you see any part of you as a child in little Michael, who is the first... I think he was called Michael in the movie. In the movie, yeah. Real, yeah, the real movie. name, Chris, but remember, based on a true story. Based on a true story. <laughs> we have to change the name. <laughs> Wait a minute, is your name Frank? I'm giving you a... <laughs> yeah. But did you see anything in him that drew you to really work with him and go be above and beyond to really give him a great wish? Or was it just what was instilled in you that you have to help people? Well, I'm on a highway patrol motorcycle officer during this period. And I'm also on a special 10-man accident team called the Fatal Team. We invest, we got trained, and we investigated the most horrific accidents, so many involving children. Mm. And and so many children die, unfortunately, these accidents. And then to meet this little boy who is dying, only a couple weeks to live, and to be able to do something special for him before he died, which obviously we don't get to do these poor accidents. Right, right, right. And, and that, that was the catalyst. Wow, look, we can do something like we did for him, for these other children. And when we started this, and unfortunately it was for children with terminal illnesses. Right. Now, 25 years ago or so, the mission was changed to children with life-threatening illnesses because through the grace of God, modern medicine, more and more children are surviving. Yeah. But again, what you ask, it was, it was just, okay, here's one child. We got that wish. Let's do that for other children. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Wow, I didn't know the depth of that. I'm glad I asked the question. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it's from your perspective, right? It's what could I do? And something that you learned as a child, you know, is always look for, you know, how can you help and what can you do? I I absolutely love that. So let me ask you this. Who inspires you? Who inspires me? Yep. (laughs) This whole new world of friends I have right now. (laughs) Constantly encouraging, suggesting accolades i can't believe the accolades again it's never about me but my wife pushed me along i get tired sometimes she says hey look look at this event look how you can help other people right i'm now currently set on seven boards of nonprofits around the nation which allows me as Juan said give back yeah and i remember him saying you don't have to have money to give back give back your time anything you do to help people well i'm a retired cop but I am giving back my time to help them develop and, and enhance all these nonprofits. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So since you me- you mentioned Kitty, let's talk about her. She's obviously the love of your life. She's a great sounding board for you. She's fun. <laughs> She's funny. <laughs> I mean, she, she is pretty funny. But what does she do to inspire you every day that you're with her? Well, and, and I point this out in the book. We knew each other. Uh, she was a secretary for the Highway Patrol. In fact, she was on our traveling squad when all 10 of us were in a town. She would write all the reports and so on. So we knew each other. And I was going through a, a divorce. All divorces are bad and so on, custody issues and that. And I say that Kitty found me when I needed to be found. Yeah. And she really found me when, and I point out, well, it's in the movie that, in fact, I was killed in the line of duty, brought back to life. 
and she was the one assigned because it was so remote area, no hospitals, too injured to even go in an ambulance or helicopter to stay with me a couple of days to make sure I didn't go into shock. And again, we were just friends at that time. Now, all these years later, she said, we've been married for 36 years now. She said, maybe I should have let you go into shock. But (laughs) (laughs) But again, uh, all all that inspiration. She was a board member, one of the founding members of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I was working so many hours trying to put this together because I never took a salary. All the money went to the foundation. But I would just say, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. No, there's other children. We need to help these people. My whole life married to her. It's always the same thing get this project done. The movie, I'm getting so exhausted. We got to get this finished. Yeah. And I know it was but, tough to get it over that finish line too. <laughs> there were a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of challenges that that happened during that finish line. So when we're talking about the breakthroughs and things that people go through and that, you know, you've had these wonderful, beautiful breakthroughs and new ideas. I know one of the, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I, I can't wait to talk about what you're really working on next, but what advice do you have for people that are getting to that ceiling and need to break through it to get to the next wall. What type of advice do you have, regardless of whether it's business or personal, you know, emotional you know, relationships, what advice do you have for people to keep going? Well, I don't know if I could be the great of advice on this, but it's just, and we, we all have pickups in life, right? It's yep. not all lollipops and roses and everything, rainbows. Things happen, but yep. what you do with those things, how you handle it. And again, going back to my youth, Turn those negatives to a positive. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? How come this hiccup is happening? Let's try and figure out how to correct that, whatever it might be. And that's just not personal life, but the same thing in business. Yeah. I feel, okay, my brand is, is shrinking a little bit. How can I advance my brand? How can I get it out there in the public? And the biggest thing is if you can surround yourself with people smarter than you, <laughs> which has been my practice my whole life. And, and, and you learn that in college, right? In business school, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Ask their advice. I give out also, I don't like to say advice, but I give suggestions. Yes. You might try this, you might try that. And I tell them, filter it through, sort it out, see what will work, what won't work. I'm not going to say you should do this. Think about it. Maybe it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So thinking about what's going on with you right now. So you have, you have a lot of projects going on. (laughs) You are busy. (laughs) You are a busy guy. You have a lot of projects going on. And I know you have grandkids too, so hopefully you're spending time with them. But what's going on in the future that you're working on? I know I know you're working a lot with veterans. Now I, I've just tied that together, even looking at your bio, I, not knowing that you were in the military. So I understand that. I think I mentioned to you, you know, some time ago that I'm very involved in a veterans charitable organization right. as well. And you know, it's just I'm being born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I have all kinds of military around me. <laughs> Air and, Force uh, Academy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, NORAD, Fort Carson, yeah. I mean, Fort Carson, everything. And my husband's father was a three bronze. He was awarded three bronze stars. So yeah, we're very strong on military, and I know that that's another avenue that you've kind of taken now. You know, in recent years. But what does it look like for you now? Where are you spending your time, and what are you really working on, so that we can get that message out? to anybody who's listening to this? Well, we're, we're still promoting the movie. We're so fortunate. And the movie, Wishman movie, in fact, so amazing to us, cast, crew, production, everybody else, that we were, in fact, qualified for Academy Award nomination last year for Best I Picture. I saw that, yeah. I mean, just, for a low-budget independent picture to be qualified with the big boys was amazing. Yeah. And again, we're still promoting. We're, we are on Netflix. It was supposed to be six months. We're now extended for three more years. 
because of the popularity of the movie. So we're still promoting on that. I'm working on, I just got contacted last week to develop a TV series. I can't talk about that. It's all <laughs> silence. Oh gosh, awesome. You, you know, can talk it, about it, it, but you said it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so exciting. I can talk about that. We're developing a positive yes, yeah, yeah, great. That, that I will host. So yeah. that's awesome. so much fun. I, and mm-hmm. this takes up all my time. But then along with these nonprofits that I'm involved with, now you mentioned veterans. Yeah. I want to really, really closely associate with It's called U.S. Vets. Yeah. It's not part of the Veterans Administration. There are chapters all over the United States. In fact, one of the top-rated nonprofits, 87 cents of every dollar, goes into wow. the mission, which is unheard of in a nonprofit. Right, that's high, yeah. And, and the mission of U.S. we have a big VA hospital here, but we have the homeless veterans. We find these homeless veterans. We get them into temporary housing. We get them into counseling, job placement, job training, job placement, and permanent housing. And just a big successful rate here. We just give, was donated a former medical center for offices, 80 offices that have been transformed into studio apartments for these veterans. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and I just try and promote that as much as I can. And and these guys, what I do too, is I encourage the people clean out your closets. You know, I travel, like I said, I'm always in hotels. I I don't steal. I always take all the extra shampoos, soaps, put them in a bag every other month, take them over there. Because that helps with everything else. They don't have to buy these supplies for these guys. Yeah, that's true. So just really involved with that. And then these other nonprofits just yeah. just really, I, I did the interview today just earlier before yours. I know several cast members from the Phantom of the Opera would become good friends, the Broadway show. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm on their board called Broadway Hearts. And Broadway Hearts, these I, we suggest to put together where these actors, actresses go to the children's hospitals the big Ronald McDonald house in New York city, sing, dance, do the Disney type songs for oh, them. Nice. And, and we're, we're already getting requests how to go into other theatrical towns, Chicago, yeah. San Francisco, LA, et cetera. But I was doing a thing today and they put together a virtual song for me. It was so flattering. Oh. Uh, put on a happy face where you got 30 of the cast members all singing at the same time. Oh Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that sounds so neat to do, you know, because it reminds me of Patch Adams, right? Because he always wanted to have the kids smile. And well, and, and, and I was so fortunate. I shared the stage with Patch Adams several years ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got to meet him. And it's so funny. I went to shake hands. And they said, no, you can't shake hands unless you pick your nose first. Oh, <laughs> so we both did this. <laughs> Pretending. Not the actual, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but the Robin Williams character that he portrayed, Patch Adam, was almost dead on. I mean, was it really? I was I was wondering. Yeah, when you said that, I'm thinking, oh gosh, well then he probably was that funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. neat that you did that. So, well, so no, I want to ask another question today. Aside from all of the charitable work that you do, talking about Frank personally, what gives you joy? in your life and in your family? Well, the joy is, is again, reaching out to all these people. Now, you mentioned my grandchildren. My grandchildren and great-grandson, in fact, and my daughters all live in Columbus, Ohio. So I only get to see them a few times a year. Always or or via internet, like we all are, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we do that. But just, I don't know, my, my joys are, we've got a fairly large place here, uh, being out in the open, fishing, 
even even back in my days, in fact, I worked under narcotics or a homicide. I had to get your head clear. I said, have you ever been fishing on the Yellowstone? Have you ever been up in the Tetons? Have you ever been up at Rushmore looking just, I mean, all these solitude type places? That's my joy. That's my joy. A fishing pole in my hand. That's all I need. And and my wife by my side. Yeah, if she wants to fish, if she wants to ride. And she does. And that's the big thing. She loves those. Yeah. For years and years, we rode motorcycles all over the country. Yeah. Oh, wow. Back on a motorcycle. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was saying that, you know, I wish you could have met my father. He passed away seven years ago or something. And he's buried above Timberline on the Continental Divide in Colorado. We took his ashes up there and spread it because that's where he loved to be, you know, loved to hunt. And and I learned a lot. You know, the other side of me is very, very quiet, like my father. He's a lot like Clint Eastwood. He's very, very quiet, doesn't say much. And, you know, we have to do that. I think that's where the sanity is in these days. So, well, Frank, I want to say thank you again. Um, You're such an inspiration. And, you know, I can only hope that I can give as much as you've given. I I doubt that I'll ever make it there. (laughs) But one of the biggest things that I love about you, and I know you say that, you know, you don't have to have money to give. The key thing I think is that a lot of people tend to give just money. And I, I love that what I've really learned is how to dig in and I've witnessed it by seeing you. And, you know, you may not know that from afar when we're in the movie theater or, you know, wherever we've been on stage together, but just seeing the amount of work, physical work that you put in really inspired me to make sure that I don't just give money because it's just not enough. Well, and again, the message of the movie, everyone can be a hero. Just help somebody out. And you see, especially right now, what's going on with the virus thing, people helping people and even big corporations helping out. Unbelievable how they're giving back to the community. Oh, yeah. Changing what they make and making something different that will help everybody. And yeah, I think it's incredible. And, you know, at our church, we created something called the Guardian Angels. And I'm Catholic. And what we did was, Um, There's a handful of us, there's about 30 of us, and we're reaching out to anyone who's over 75, and we're reaching out and having conversations with them and taking medication to them and sitting on their porch and talking to them through a window and doing whatever we can to help them. And, you know, I I have to tell you, I mean, it's very, very fulfilling because I could just sit in my house all day long, I'm sure, like everybody else, but it feels good to be able to give back to people and especially people that are feeling very lonely and real isolated. It's one thing to be social distancing with your family, but it's another thing to be alone. Oh, definitely. And and especially like you say, with the elderly generation shut in right now, how much that means to them, what you and your group are doing. Yeah. Well, and believe me, I was on a phone call the other day for about 50 minutes with someone just talking about everything. (laughs) And I was fine with that. I was fine with it because I wanted, you know, wanted to share. I mean, gosh, I have 37 for, well, I'm one of 37 cousins. So I have 12 aunts and uncles that are, well, that's just one side plus their spouses. So I've got probably 18 or 19 that are still living (laughs) And I've been calling them too. It made me say, well, why, if I'm going to call people from my church, why wouldn't I call my own family, my own, you know, <laughs> exactly. uncles. So I got on the phone and we've had a blast. What a blessing. I hate to say it, but what a blessing the pandemic's been because it's brought us all back to a reset that has been in alignment with your entire life. Exactly. Exactly. 
It's been, well, it's been awful. Awesome. I just want to say thank you so much again, Frank, for taking time with us today. I really, really appreciate it. And I will make sure that we have all the links in there. If you're listening and you want to hire Frank as a speaker, good luck with his time. <laughs> good luck at getting him. But there's an opportunity for you to do that as well. And, and I encourage everyone, please watch Wishman. It is an incredible cinematic film. I just can't tell you how much it touched us. And I know oh, it thank will you. you. So thank you yeah. so much. All right. Pleasure talking to you. You too. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.